There we go. Amen. What a good presence of God. Amen. Isn't, how many feel the presence of God? That's all we want. I don't care about anything else. I just want the presence of God. Amen. How many, how many came desiring that this morning? We talked about that Wednesday that we would contend and strive and be dedicated to the presence of God being in here. And, and he fell this morning. Amen. And he's here. Amen. I just began to cry over there in the presence of God. That's all I want. Can't buy it. It's priceless. Amen. So we're so glad you're here. Amen. And as Pastor Andrew said, we're making strides. We're, we're, we're getting closer every day. There's going to be lots and lots of details to be done for, forever probably. Um, but uh, we're getting there and, and uh, we've got bathrooms usable. Amen. They're not totally finished, but they're usable. And if you still like the porta potty, you're welcome to use it. It's over there. If you got used to that last week and you prefer that, we got both today. So you can make, you know, you want to feel real country. I'm starting to turn into a country boy here. I got a knife the other day. First time in eight years. I actually bought a knife. I asked him to ask me in a week if I still have it. I have it so far. I've made it four days with that knife. And then I went out to brush my teeth, and I didn't want to walk all the way over here, so I just took a bottle of water out and brushed them right out there by my office. So I'm just turning into a country boy real fast. Amen. Little by little. Amen. How many country people are already, are already there? Amen. I see a few of you. All right. All right. I want to make a quick announcement. Uh, next Sunday night, we're going to have our purity service. Uh, we, we, we usually do it before school starts, but obviously with everything that's been going on, we got a little behind. So all you young people, teenagers and up, it doesn't have to be just teenagers. If you're single and not married and you want to take a purity vow, we do that every year. So next Sunday night, many of you teenagers already have a ring. Uh, you can get one at Mardell's for about $20. Is that right? Somewhere around there, $15 or $20. Um, and uh, so it just says there's all kinds of different kinds, really cool ones. And the idea is, Joelle, do you have yours? From, just put your hand up real quick. Nice and pretty. Amen. And thank you, Joelle, for asking for that. Amen. She said, are we going to have it? She reminded me. So it's what a blessing to say I'm going to stay pure in, in, in school. I'm going to stay pure as, until I get married. That's the idea. Amen. So... If you're not, if you're not, uh, you don't have one, you've got a whole week till next Sunday night to get one, and we'll, we'll pray over those, and as parents, we'll pray over them, and, and uh, just really declare that, that spirit of purity over our, over our teens, and it's not for embarrassment, many did it last year, they were, they were older, they were single still, doesn't matter what age, that's the thing, you say, hey, I'm going to wear this ring to remind myself that I'm saving myself for my husband or my wife, amen, and it's just a reminder, so it's a great thing, so please, we want to challenge everybody that's single to do that, um, no matter what age, college as well, and, and up, um, and also next Sunday morning, we're going to have a blessing, uh, a surprise blessing, um, when we left Costa Rica um, to come here in, in, in 2008, we, we had been pastoring there for almost 10 years, and we needed to leave the church to, to somebody, and at that time, our, our, we were not able or ready to, to turn it over to a native. And so we were so blessed to have Pastor Mario and Deanza take over our church in Costa Rica. And now they've left it to a native and Costa Rican. And now they're in Phoenix pastoring a church. And so he's going to be with us next Sunday morning to preach. Amen. So we're going to have a great time with him. You're going to love him. Amen. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. Amen. And uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a good, great preacher, so don't miss that, amen. He'll be with us next Sunday morning and next Sunday night, the Purity Ring Service, amen. So get your Bibles open if you would as I get uh, mine open. 
two. Let me see what we're going to just get them open. Amen. That's a good start. I want to talk this morning. Many of you know that I like to deal with uh, issues that are going on in the world. And everybody knows right now we've got some stuff going on that's not new. But the last couple weeks has been on the news of the different riots and different things in Charlottesville, Virginia. And obviously we know that's not the only place that's happening. That's just what's on the news. And we don't get uh, too caught up in what the news says because we know that uh, there's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of uh, over-exaggerated things. But we know this morning one thing that's a fact is that racism still exists. So I want to talk about that this morning. I love to attack issues that uh, are, are, are prevalent in our society. So if you'll put that up, Chris, this is our statement this morning. This is our, our, uh, our title. Racism is a sin. Amen. Can you say amen? Racism is a sin. Now, obviously, in this church, we're, not, uh, we're already way beyond that. Our church is mixed, and, we, and it's on purpose. And uh, if you're here this morning and, and you haven't recognized that uh, you're not the only person of your color or your skin color or your background, you need to get glasses. Amen. That's something we take pride in because that's how heaven's going to be. And if you don't get the right heart, you won't be there to see it. Amen. I want to want to be there to see it. So I want to deal with this issue a little bit this morning. And, and I want to uh, it's been maybe three years since I've talked about this. This is something that's very healthy for a church, something that's very healthy for your family, and it's very healthy for you to see what the Bible says about these things. Just a few things to start off with. Racism is the belief that all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities, now watch this, specific to that race. Now, so far, that's correct. Amen? Y'all listening to that? The belief that all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities specific to, specifics to that race. That's true. The first half of this definition is, is absolutely true and, and good. That every culture and every race and every group of people from where you come from has a different uh, set of characteristics. Many of them are looks. Many of them are foods. Many of them are uh, noses, eyes, hair, and on and so forth. And then also... Uh, many things that go on beyond that. So, so far as we read this definition, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong, that would not be bad as, as we're reading it to this point. So let me say it again. The belief that all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities specific to that race. Here we go, though. Especially so as to distinguish it as inferior or superior to another race or races. See? So the start off was okay. It's, it's, it's good that we embrace and understand that everybody here comes from, how many realize this morning we all come from a country? We are not, we're not all from the United States of America, and there's many countries in the world, and we have many represented here this morning, and, and we bring something to the table that as believers we should, and I'll get into this, embrace. Amen. I, I'm going to tell you later, but I'll say it now. If God, did, if God created us all the same, with the same looks and the same color of skin and the same cultures, life would be boring. Can you say amen? amen? So we need to understand that God did not make a mistake when he made people. And that was a good place to say amen. amen. All right. If you don't say amen, I'll get you to say amen. At least to, just to move, move on. Amen. So the belief, let's say it again. The belief that all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities specific to that race, especially as to distinguish it 
as inferior or superior to another race. That's when it becomes racism. When now I, in my culture or my belief, believe that I am superior and somebody else is inferior to me because of their race, because of their color, because of their background, because of their uh, anything that goes along with that. How many are with me so far? Okay. Prejudice. Discrimination or antagonism directed against somebody of a different race based on the belief that that one's race is superior. Same thing, prejudice. Prejudice and racism uh, go right in hand, hand in hand. So prejudice is a, pre- a preconceived opinion. Now, as I, as I preach this message, I t- try not to daydream and try not to go somewhere else because this, this will, I'm telling you, this is healthy to your spiritual bones this morning. To get to the place as a believer that you love everybody in the world. Amen. It does not, we did not, did not say you love their sin, but you love everybody in the world. And I'm going to make a statement right here, right now. If you don't love everybody and you have any racism in you, you're not going to be comfortable here. Because racism is a, let me say that again. Racism is a, well, I don't know. I'll show you. Don't worry. I'll show you it's a sin. Amen. But we here in this church, from leadership down, do not tolerate in any way, shape, or form racism. We do not tolerate in any shape or form prejudice. We do not tolerate in any way, shape, or form thinking anybody is better than anybody in this place. Amen. We are all children of God as, we, as believers. Amen. We are all his creation, and we are all important. There's nobody up here and nobody down here. We are all one, one kingdom of God this morning and one people and one race, which is the human race. We're all human. No animals in here this morning, amen? We're all human, okay? Now, how many are with me so far? Here's a, here, here's, a, here's a very interesting thing. If you don't get anything out of this, get this. Racism's taught. It's taught. You don't, you're not born a racist. You're not born looking at somebody else in a different way. You, you take the time before and after services to pay attention to our kids. You watch them interact. I thought I caught one the other day. It was a few of our kids uh, playing together, and I thought I got a picture that I wanted to show, and I couldn't find it. I might have thought I took it and didn't. But you have to understand that if you're here this morning and you grew up with anything, and maybe you're realizing, recognizing, maybe the Holy Spirit's showing you. We might have started this message today, and the Holy Spirit might have spoke immediately to you. I don't, maybe not, but you might have said, you're, you, you have this problem. Maybe right off the bat. There's something that you might have to deal with. And maybe didn't even realize it. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. That's what the Bible's for. But racism is taught because if you went back into the nursery right now, and, and those, those kids that are two and three years old and one years old, they're playing together, and, and they're having fun together, and, and, kids, and kids do that all the time. It's a beautiful thing to see that. And the, the, only stop, the, the only moment that they become racist is when an adult tells them, you're playing with somebody of this color or you pl- stop playing with that person of that or this. And then they begin to hear it. And then all of a sudden they begin to learn that they're different. They don't, they, they're, they're not dumb. They don't not recognize that their skin might be different or something, but they don't even think about it. It's not even an issue. How many realize that? It's not even an issue. They just play together. And, 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 and it, now there is, there is something I'm not going to, we don't have to be, um, uh, ignorant here this morning to think that we don't recognize uh, that somebody looks different than us. When I went to the Congo seven years ago, I was the only, with Pastor Bland, the only white person that I saw in the entire country for a week. 
I never saw another person my color, ever. And when I went to the church and was walking around before service, little kids would run up to me. They didn't have TVs. And they would run up to me and they were touching my hand like this. They were, they, were just, they were just checking me out, man. They were staring at me. They were just touching my hand. They weren't looking at me like, oh, this is a weird looking, you know, this dude, oh, this, is, this dude's weird. He was looking at, they just hadn't seen that color skin. It was something different to them, but they weren't looking at me as inferior or superior because of what my color, color of my skin looked like. Amen? And so let, let's move on. So, again, t- racism is taught. I'm going to quote the famous, as everybody has heard, and it's, it's a great, it doesn't matter uh, how it's been twisted, how it's been changed. It's one of the greatest quotes ever, ever made by Martin Luther King, ever. This is, this is what we have to live our lives of as believers. He said, I have a dream. And he said that the, one day my four children will live in a nation, and obviously it's not just a nation. We need to say in a world where people, let's just say people, will not be judged by the color of their skin, by, but by what? By the content of their character. We could stop right there. That can go a long ways if we could get to a place in our lives where we're living our lives judging people by the content of who they are and not what they look like. Now that goes beyond even color. It goes to social status. It goes to uh, family. It goes to backgrounds. It goes to a lot of different things that we, we automatically have to fight against the spirit of prejudice or the spirit of stereotype because of our media and because of the way we're raised. And, and just begin to think about this for a second. And when I got to the place where I said it's taught, you can just begin to let your mind go for a second and begin to think as you grew up, you grew up in one of two homes. You grew up in a home where racism was taught or you grew up in a home where it was, where it was not Period. Or if it was taught, it was taught against it. So maybe there's three now that I think about it. Amen? That, hey, you can't hang out with those people. Hey, they're different. Blah, blah, blah. That's taught. Or, hey, don't you dare look at somebody different. That's the way it was taught in my house. Don't you dare look at somebody different because of the color of their skin. I grew up with all friends of all colors and all ethnic backgrounds, and I thank God for that. And one of the things I thank God for that is obviously my parents that welcomed anybody into our house and never heard them say anything different about anybody. So I didn't have that in me. But I also thank God for sports. Sports are an amazing thing to get people to understand that, that racism is, is stupid. And it's a sin. As you work together as a team. Okay? Now, now we're not gonna, as we get into this, we're also going to realize that there are things that we have to recognize and not deny. There are certain races, there are certain colors, there are certain uh, groups of people, and it's not always even color, that are uh, better at some things than others. Can you say amen? amen. By, by, for an example, there is a country that we have represented in our church called Kenya. And for some reason, out of the whole world, they're the best marathon runners in the world. They can just run forever. Ever. Have you ever noticed, if you've ever... I don't really follow marathons, but if you ever pay attention to who wins marathons, they're Kenyans. And there's usually probably five out of the top ten are going to be Kenyans. I don't know what the reason is. I know there's a background to that, but that isn't, that's, just a, that's just a fact. Okay? But then we could go on to say, well, certain, certain you know, backgrounds or colors, they're really athletic or they're really this. You know, let's, just, let's, just, let's just say it as it is. A lot of people say, oh, the blacks, are, they can jump high and run fast. They, that, you know what? It's a fact. 
lot of them do, but guess what? There's a whole bunch that can't, too. There's a whole bunch that can't. Trust me, I've played with them. Can't jump, can't run, right? Vice versa with, with, with whites or Hispanic. We, we try to do that. We can embrace the fact that, hey, there's some genes there or there's something there, but it doesn't make everybody that. So it goes both ways. They say, well, man, that person's really fast. They must all be fast. Or that person's really slow. They must all be slow. It's not how it is. It's not how it is. We judge people by the content of their character and by who they are. And by who they are. And, and listen, I want to remind you, I love and you need to love with me. You can be born again this morning. Amen. You need to love with me embracing other people's cultures. Now, we're going to get into a second, not cultural things that are sins. Not cultural things that are sins, but cultural things that are just cultural. Amen. I just want to make a statement. What would we do without Mexican food? I just want to make that statement. I can't speak for you, but I'd die. I'd die. I love, Me- I have to, I love Mexican food. Now, we're blessed to be close to Mexico, so we, you know, Met other people, but guess what? It's around the world. You go anywhere, people love Mexican food. But are you following me? You should start taking away. You start thinking things aren't important. You start taking stuff away. Boy, real quick, you're going to find out this is a boring world. Amen? Now, I could go on to tons of examples, but I'm going to move on and get you into some scriptures. Cultures and races, if you're taking notes this morning, started at the Tower of Babel. That's where cultures and races started. And the reason that things had to be broken up is because people together were doing things that were not good. Now, see, we can do a lot together. We believe in our fellowship of churches. We can do more together than we can do by ourselves. Okay? When you're doing something productive and good, together is good. When you're doing something negative and wrong, together is bad. Right? That's pretty, pretty simple teaching, but it's true. So if I'm doing something good and productive together with other people, and that's good, the Tower of Babel became a problem, and they were all united with one language and one purpose, but that purpose was to become like God. And so they began to build that tower, and their intent was to get to heaven. And it was so strong in the negative that God had to go down and stir it up and give them languages. That's where culture and languages started. Until that point, they were speaking the same language. He had to confuse them. He had to get them to a place where they were not going to continue doing the bad thing. Now, if they'd have been doing something good, God would have never had to give us all these languages. You know, it's like hundreds of languages in the world. And then on top of that, thousands of dialects, right, Christoph? Thousands of dialects from Kenya and Congo. We don't have that so much in the Latin, obviously, and, and stuff like that. We have different types of Spanish, different types of English. But you get into Africa, you have all kinds of uh, dialects. So you go to a different tribe, and they speak a different one. And it goes on and so forth from that. But the confusion was to cause something negative to stop. Okay? Had nothing, say nothing, to do with the race or the color of their skin. Nothing. Had to do with their purpose. Okay, it had to do with their purpose. Now, I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Let's look at some scriptures. How many are with me this morning? How many are intrigued? Excited? Be able to be a part of the problem, or sorry, the solution and not the problem this morning. Amen? We need to be a part of the solution. That's what God's called us to do. Deuteronomy 7. Give me an amen when you get there. 
Verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall, watch this, you shall make no covenant with them nor show mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. And here's why. Now, now a lot of people, when it comes to racism, they will quote these verses right here, and they will say that you should not intermarry, that you should not culturally marry, that you should not mix, that that everybody should stay in their lanes and in their in their in their in their uh, team and in their grounds and all that, however you want to call it. Okay, but the reason he's saying this is the next verse, verse five, sorry, four, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and you destroy you suddenly. So, So you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images, burn their images with fire. And for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. And watch this. The Lord did not set you, set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For you were the least of all peoples. Now watch this. This is important. Where in these verses did they say that you should not marry people from other cultures because of the color of their skin? Not, nowhere. It has nothing to do with skin, languages, or any of that. What, what was the reason he didn't want them to intermarry? He wanted them to go chase other after other gods. That, that's the problem. We'll get to that a little bit later in a second. That's the problem. When you begin to enter uh, anything with covenant with anybody that's in sin... That's where the sin comes into problem. It's, it's not about the race or the color of their skin or the language they speak or anything. It's about the, what they, who they are and what they live for. Okay, that's what he's trying to show us here this morning. Now, I want you to go to um, chapter 12 of Numbers. I'm going to show you something really interesting. I, I know that some of you have never seen this. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, right there close by. Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, going to the left towards the beginning. How many with me so far? So, so, so that would be the thing. Now, what we got to realize this morning is, is how people make beliefs and stuff out of certain verses. They'll pull something out and say, hey, do this, don't do this, don't do that. And, and, and we kind of get, a, a, like I said, a stereotypical thought, and, and we kind of go a direction with it. And, and we can use that. How many know you can use the Word of God in many ways? You can use it wrong, you can use it right. Okay, now let's watch something real important here. How many would say this morning that Moses was pretty important? Anybody know the Bible enough to know Moses was pretty important? Okay, let's look at something about Moses in chapter 12, verse 1. Give me an amen if you're there. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, watch this, because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married a what? An Ethiopian woman. So they said, 
Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Let me tell you something this morning just before we move on. The Lord hears every word that comes out of your mouth. Let me just let that simmer for a second. Amen? Not trying to be mean, but you better think about what you say. You know, in closed doors, around, behind, supposedly behind people's backs, whatever, be careful. The Lord hears it. The whispers don't go unheard. Come on, don't make me stay here. I'm going to stay here until we make sure we can move on. And the Lord heard it. They were talking among themselves. Man, can you believe Moses married an Ethiopian? Oh, my gosh, can you believe it? And they're talking, and then not only are they saying, well, that was kind of weird. Is he really of God? Is this really God's man? Does God only speak to him? And so, so the devil's like, oh, yeah, I got him right here. I like this. I like this. And how many know if you're, if you're going the wrong way, the devil will push with you. Amen. He, he's not going to stop you. He's going to walk with you and whisper in your ear. Hey, yeah, yeah, keep saying that. Keep thinking that. Keep letting that get up inside of your heart. Come on, it's getting quiet in here. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Amen. This is good preaching. This is healthy preaching right here. So, oh, he's an Ethiopian. She, they married Eth- and the Lord heard, verse 2. Watch this. Now the Moses, man, Moses, the man, was very what? Humble. More than all who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses, this is, this is crazy, Aaron, Miriam, and Moses, get over here right now. Get over here. Come here. That's what he did. He called him out. He's mad. How many would not like to be in the presence of a mad God? Get over here, basically. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. Look it. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, Miriam, come out, you three, to the, tib- to the tabernacle of meeting with an, a, with an exclamation point. Come here. So what did the three do? Yes, God. Yes, God. Then the Lord came down, oh boy, in the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called, watch this, who did he call? Somebody help me. Y'all help me preach this morning. Who did he call? Where's Mo? How come he called Moses over? Called Aaron and Miriam. And they came forward. And watch this. Hear now, now watch, this isn't a preacher saying this, this is God. Hear now my words. Is there a prophet among you? I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. He's not even talking about Moses, he's talking about anybody that's a prophet. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face. Even plainly, not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Watch this. Then why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now, if you've ever been reprimanded by a human being, think about what that would be like from God himself. I guarantee you they were shaking. I guarantee you they were, their chest was real tight. Amen? 
I, can you imagine? I mean, how many? I mean, we've seen somebody get real mad and really put the fear, fear of God in you. Well, how about the God Himself putting the fear of God in you? Right? He's he. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know how you could read it, but he's. How have you thought to speak against my servant that I speak face to face with? Okay. Now watch this. Where were we? So, wow, this is interesting. Now he gets mad. Er. So the Lord's anger was aroused against them, and he departed. Who, who was them? Who was he mad, mad against? Aaron and Miriam, not Moses. Watch this. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, oh, my Lord. This would be awesome to see in like a movie form or something. Please do not lay this. Would you watch this with me and read the scriptures of the word of God with me today? What does it say? Please do not lay this on us, which we have done foolishly and in which we have. Now, let's stop a second and go back and see what we were talking about. Why did, they call, why did he call them in? That too, but what, what were they gossiping about? The fact that he had married an Ethiopian. Are you with me? That was the point, right? That's what we're reading. Hey, I heard that. Come here. And he says, why have you spoken against them? He never, he never even mentions the color of her skin or anything. We know most people from there are a certain color. Most, not all. But the fact is Ethiopian, not Israelite. Don't we, don't we kind of do that like, well, these people are okay, but not those people. I mean, we, we even do it here in the United States easily because of, because of the things we see people do. And, and that's a tough thing, right? It's a tough thing. We, we, we're smart enough to know certain religions and certain people that do very violent things. It's very easy for us to get stereotypical. But the thing he's trying to say here is, you have an issue with Moses because he married an Ethiopian, and I'm going to rebuke you for talking bad about him. He, I speak face to face to him. Why have you spoken this? And because they gossiped against him and, and said that, she was, was leprous. And he said, they said, themselves, we have sinned. Racism is a sin. Are you seeing this? They were being racist. Okay? Now, if the woman he married, obviously, if the woman he married... Was, was, was doing things that were not godly, God would have dealt with Moses differently. It was not about what, what the pers- where the person came from or what the person looked like when, when J- God said don't intermarry with people. It was about the fact that many of those cultures at that time were leading people away from the true God. Amen. Now, watch this. If we have sinned, Please don't let her be as one dead whose, whose flesh is half consumed when, when he comes out of his mother's womb. And watch this. Look, look, at, look at what we need to do. We need to be reconciled as believers. 
We need to do this right here because some people never get over somebody saying something about them. You're going to go all the way to the grave mad at somebody for something they said. He, he has them gossiping about him, talking about the fact that he's married an Ethiopian. They get brought into the court. Would, you, would somebody catch this? They get brought into God's court. God rebukes them. And what would 98% of the human beings in this world have done? He, oh, see that? See, you should have kept your mouth shut. No, he didn't. See what you get? That's what we would have said. Well, I hope I don't want to put myself there. I don't even want to say that. I don't want, I don't want to be like that. We shouldn't want to be like that. Some people like to be like that. We shouldn't want to be like that. We should be reconcilers. We should be able to get over it. Come on, somebody. We need to get over it. Now, this kind, of, this kind of goes in play here. This kind of goes in play here. We can kind of use an example here about how certain types of people react to certain types of things. I'm just going to give an example. Now, this is general. It doesn't mean everybody. Nothing means everybody. Okay? Not every bad apple that falls from a tree makes that the whole tree bad. There's bad apples. But let's just look at an example. My, my grandma, my papa told me, had somebody say something to her when she was how old? Late 20s. And how old was she when she got over it? If she did. <laughs> Late 70s, 80s. Never forgot that that woman said something to her, did something to her, whatever. Now, I'm not, I'm not stereotyping women, okay? Totally. But when you guys get together a lot of times, not totally, okay? But when women get together, it's like cats and mouse. It's like cats, not mouses. Cats. Come on, be real. Uh, don't get mad at me. Thank you for the women that are laughing. The ones that are not, I might be speaking to you. Amen, right? Not everybody, but. But guys, let's be real. Guys can beat the heck out of each other, bloody each other up, and 30 minutes later, eat lunch together. <laughs> Am I speaking the truth? I'm just giving an example, okay, that we need to be that way. Not the fight part, but we need to get over things. All of us, as a world... I did not personally do anything to any other cultures. No other cultures did anything personally to me. So why would I hold a grudge against somebody that something that happened thousands of years, hundreds of years ago last week? It wasn't me. We need to be like Christ. Are we still Christians here? Are we still believers in this place? Are we still the, in the place where we, where we want to be like Christ and not like everybody else? That's going to take some help, but God can help us. Okay, so we need, all of us need to be able to make a mistake and, and, and get over it and let the wounds heal and move on like it never happened. That's really a character trait of somebody who's got God working in them. Is that somebody can come back around again and doesn't mean you want to be best friends with that person, but you can be cordial and loving and move on and not hold that grudge for the rest of your life. Okay, That's, that, that ties into what we're talking about here with racism. Amen? So what does Aaron do? Here's what I'm getting at. Aaron says to Moses, 
Oh, my Lord, please don't lay this sin against us. Verse 12, she'd be as one is dead. Verse 13. So Moses, instead of doing all that I just said, cries out to the Lord and says, please, God, heal her. Wow. Isn't that what we need today? Somebody's got to be that person. And that somebody needs to be us. Individually. We've got to be able to say, hey, Hey, they've done me wrong. They've said something about me. They've acted weird with me. They whatever. I'm going to move on, and I'm going to pray for that person. Man, Moses could have done so many other things. He could have said, you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I could have done a lot of things. But no, he said, Lord, heal her. That's a godly attitude. Amen? Can we please remember who our example is this morning? God. So we move on saying God said nothing, unless you saw something there about his marriage to an Ethiopian. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to begin to close here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Give me an amen when you get there. Everybody still here? All right. 614. 2 Corinthians 614. Do not be, here's here's, here's what God wants from us. Do not be unequally yoked together with what? doesn't say do not be unequally yoked with people from other cultures or other colors or other races or other social statuses or other languages or other whatever, ever, ever you want to put there. He says do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So there's only two, two groups in this world in God's eyes. Y'all still here? This is a quiet section over here. You guys still here over there? All right, all right. He says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So there's two groups of people in the world. Two. Believers and unbelievers. Can we make it simple? That's it. That's all there is. Oh, but nope. Two, two people. Unbelievers going down. Believers going up. Believers are going to go to heaven. Unbelievers are going to go to hell. That's, that's just the, that's what the Bible says. That's it. That's the bottom line. I like that. That's the bottom line. Anything outside of that is racism. It's sin. Believer, let's do this. Let's work together. Let's be friends. Let's love on each other. Doesn't mean you don't love the unbeliever. Just that means you're not going to work together with them. We got to love everybody. But he says, don't be yoked. Don't grab hands. Don't work together. Don't walk together. Don't do things together with the unbeliever. But you still love them. Still love them. Amen. You don't hate them, but you still love them. But you walk together with the believers. And he says, don't be unbelievers. Because he says, what fellowship has righteousness and lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? Now I want to close, begin to close right here and say this. It's said that God is colorblind. That's a very famous statement. Right? How many have heard that? It's a half-truth. It's a half-truth. In the sense of, I know what they're trying to say, but it's not true. Because if God was colorblind, then he wouldn't have made a rainbow. If God was colorblind, he wouldn't have made us different colors. If God was colorblind, he wouldn't have made millions of different colors of flowers. He's not colorblind. Matter of fact, he's very colorful. (laughs) I don't know how else to say that. Amen. Amen. He's colorful. He, he's, he's a God of creation. You see color everywhere. We should have color. And so he, what, he, what he's trying to sell, tell us is, is God, I'm trying to tell you, is God made color. 
Okay, God made color. He made all colors. Race should be embraced. Race should be embraced. Not sin, not idol worship, not the things that he said to get rid of, but race should be embraced. Okay? This is the Bible. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, okay, well, that's the Old Testament. And by the way, I just want to throw out there again, what would we do without Mexican food? Right? I mean, think about it. Who are we going to go to eat? Let's go to Mexican. Can you imagine if that wasn't an option? I guess I'm the only one. I'd be in trouble, man. I mean, if I never knew, and I'm not taking away from all the other cultures, okay? But that's some good stuff. Look at, look at, where's, where's, where's Judy's mom? Look at that beautiful dress she's wearing. Look at the color on that dress. They, they know what they're doing in Africa. They got that color. And when they come together, they're all these colors. Color's beautiful. Okay? Sin is ugly. Color's beautiful. Say that with me. Sin is ugly. Colors of God. Amen. The world would be bland and boring. For time, quickly, Acts 10. Acts 10. Everybody still here? All right. This will change your life. It could change our city, too. We, we, we can make a change. But you got to believe this. Don't just, don't just amen it. Believe it. Don't just amen it. Live it. Amen. Now, if I'm lying, if I'm telling, if this isn't Bible, if God is racist, then be that. Because there's a whole lot of people that use that. Somehow, some way. He's passed away now. I wish we could have had him come. Would have loved, many of you have heard him on, 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 uh, on the, on the uh, podcast of the home church. I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name by chance? Say it again. Jerry Clary. He was the head leader of the Ku Klux Klan. The highest, the very highest, and and he he got miraculously saved, miraculously saved, and the reason he got saved is because a black man loved him, and he's dead now. He's passed away. He's in heaven, and he passed away just a couple years ago. Really, really surprisingly, actually. But he preached at our home church, and and he he uh, he has this this amazing testimony. And you know what happened to him? Watch this. He, he's about 12 years old. His, I think his father had committed suicide. I mean, horrible, horrible, horrible past. This 12-year-old, poor 12-year-old kid. Guess who shows up on his door? Not the Jehovah's Witness, not the Mormons, not the Christians, the Ku Klux Klan. You know why people are the way they are? Watch, this, this, let, listen to this. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You know why people are the way they are today? Because somebody reaches them at a moment in their life when they need love. Come on. Whoever reaches you at your moment in your life where you need love, that's what you're going to believe. Guess who reached out to this man? The Ku Klux Klan. They loved him. They embraced him. They pulled him into their family. And he grew up hating everybody else that wasn't him. Why? Because he was taught that. By who? Someone who loved him. It's dangerous. Religion is dangerous. Cults are dangerous. But it all goes back to who reaches out to you at your moment of, of volatility, of your moment of brokenness. And then you're taught that and you live it. And then they'll take scriptures. He tells in his testimony, they had all kinds of scriptures for it. You can pull scriptures out of here and make anything you want to believe. We get, you can do it all day long. But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, Peter has a revelation. 
And listen to these words. And take this home if you take nothing else home. He says, in truth I perceive, and the reason he perceived is because he had a vision from heaven, that God shows no partiality. Did you hear that? In other words, God is not a racist in the sense of division. He is a racist in the sense of, of causing cultures and those, those things are happen because he placed people in different places and that, that happened. He, he, he created everything, but he's not in the division part and the inferior and the superior part. Now watch this. He says, but in every nation, how many nations? Every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Everyone who works righteousness and, and, is, and fears him is accepted by him. So, so we hang out with, we love everybody, but we hang out with those who fear the Lord and work righteousness. Regardless of color, race, size, blah, 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 blah. Romans 10, verse 12. Desi, you can make yourself up just yourself with the piano, please. Romans 10, verse 12. Listen to this. For there is no distinction. I'm going to wait for you to get there. Romans 10, verse 12. Romans 10, verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Now remember, that's everybody. You got Jews and you got Gentiles. How many Gentiles do I have here? Let me see your hands. How many Gentiles do I have here? There we go. Everybody that's not Jewish. Amen. We didn't make, I'm a Gentile? Hey, yeah, Revelation, you're a Gentile. Amen. We all learned something today, man. He just called me a, what, what in the world's a Gentile? Some of y'all are like, what? I mean, if that was a different language, it'd be like, what? There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same, Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Watch this. For whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Can you imagine God's? No. Nope. Uh-uh. You come from there. I can't accept you. You come from there. It doesn't even matter if they came from there. If it was some idol-worshiping, pagan person who hated God, but they turned, he would accept them. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what that verse tells me? Actually, i got to read one more. Can you get one more? One more? Go with one more. Acts 17. Acts 17. We need to teach this. We need to take these notes, and we need to teach this. We need to teach our friends. We need to teach our coworkers. You, need to, you, you say, man, what can we do about this? This is a horrible thing that's going on in our country. Open your mouth. Yeah. Open your mouth and say, stop being that way. Open your mouth. The Bible says as you get there, he says, how will people hear if someone doesn't preach to them? And how will they preach if they're not sent? How can they call on the name of the Lord if they haven't heard? Some people need to be taught or untaught racism. They've been taught racism. They need to be untaught by what the Bible says. Watch this. 
He has made, I love this. Oh, if you haven't gotten excited yet. He has made from what? Can somebody just shout that out? Acts 17, 26. He has made from, from one blood. How many nations? Every or all means the same thing. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and their boundaries of their dwellings. Guess what? We all bleed the same blood color. We all bleed the same blood color. And the only way into heaven is through one color of blood. Jesus's. He shed that blood to cover us. So he doesn't cover us so he doesn't see color and culture and all that. He covers us to cover our sin. Our sin. That's it. So bow your heads if you would and close your eyes. I want God to, to do something this morning. Maybe it's strengthened. Listen, I'm not, if you want to walk out of here and say, man, I don't agree with that, that's your own, that's, you can do that. That's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the Holy Spirit, I can't convince you. But I would love to see God open up some eyes this morning to see that he loves everybody. He loves every color, he loves every race, he loves every culture. He just hates sin. And he hates racism because racism is a sin. Now, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, I want to talk to you for a second because this is really important. The Bible says in Proverbs that he, the Lord is the maker of everyone. Proverbs 24 says he knows, shows no partiality in judgment. I want you to know something this morning. We, James 2, I'm going to mention that. James 2 mentions that if a, if a rich man comes into the church and you take him and you sit him at the front in the best seat, but somebody poor comes in and you find it, you just kind of find whatever seat for them, that's showing partiality. God didn't call us to that. God called us to treat everybody the same. Yeah, some people have more money than others. Yeah, some people have more, more, more uh, favor than others or more talent than others in certain things. Yeah, some people come from uh, places that are more influential and on and on and on. But God doesn't expect us to treat each other different. As Christians, we, we need to embrace those things and understand that, yes, there's differences, but we're all the same people. We're all children of God. And you don't show partiality. How many in this morning could say, you know what? I need to get that blood of Jesus on my life. I'm not saved. I don't know where I'd go if I died this morning. Don't know where I'd spend eternity. You spoke earlier, Pastor, that there's only two places that a person goes. It's either heaven or hell. And I don't know Jesus this morning. Would you pray with me? How many could say, just by lifting your hand, I need you to pray with me this morning. I, I want to be saved. Just put your hand up. God bless you. How many more? I need to be saved. I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm not asking you to change religion. This isn't about religion. There is no religion in God's eyes. It's relationship with Jesus Christ, His Son. He says, no one can come unto me unless you come through my Son, through His blood. 
We're not trying to change your denomination or your church membership. We're trying to change your heart. God wants to change your heart. How many more? I'm going to give just a few more seconds. I'm not saved. I don't know for sure if I died this morning. You can know right now. You can know right now. Jesus can come into your life. He can change you. He can transform you. He can give you a new life. He can give you a new path, a new direction. Maybe you're here and you need to come back to the Lord like the prodigal son. Put your hand up and say, that's me this morning. Would you pray for me? God sees your hearts this morning. Amen. I want to ask you just to stand real quick. And I want to pray this morning together as a church. I'm not going to embarrass you and say, hey, if you're racist, come forward. We'll pray for you. Amen. So I'm going to ask us all to just, if we can, if we're able, just to come forward to the altar and stand across the front. So we're going to, no one's going to be pointed out because this is, this is what God would not do. He would not point people out. Give everybody the chance to be equal playing ground. And then you, between you and God, say the prayer this morning. And be honest with God and admit it. If you're, you've got something in your heart, you don't have to tell somebody. You don't have to go and say, hey, I'm racist. Would you forgive me? You don't have to do that. But you need to do it to God. Amen? We don't have to, I mean, if, if God leads you and you want to testify and say, I, I was a racist, praise God. But we're not trying to embarrass you. But I want to give everybody the chance here just to ch- just to test their heart, check their heart. Just look inside and say, God, am I in any way, in any way, not just by color, but by social status, by, by thinking I'm better than somebody, all that stuff comes in. Amen. We're all, we're all humans. We're all God's children. We're all his, his masterpiece. Amen. You, maybe we don't believe that. We need to believe we're his masterpiece. He made us. He, he formed us in our mother's womb. And how you are is you're not a mistake. Amen. That's how God wanted you to be. I, I want to say one more thing. Some of you heard this. Some of you had it. I was, I was, I'm not a beach person, as my family knows. Like, I love to look at it. But as you can see, I sweat a lot. So I'm not really crazy about being burnt and getting sand everywhere and all that. But I do love looking at the beach from a nice, cold AC room on a bed. I love it. I love looking. Oh, it's not head back. I love that. So like too much being in it. They love it. They could live there forever. And that's good. Some people are beach people. Some people are mountain people. Give me a cabin 8,000 feet in the air overlooking again something pretty on a bed or a couch, and I'm happy. Fireplace burning, hot cocoa. Amen. Let's go there this morning, amen. Let's leave this hot moment and go there. But I was actually on the beach at one time for some reason, probably playing with them when they were younger, and I just was messing with the sand, just grabbing the sand, just and I grabbed a handful, and I'm, I, have, I promise you I have not a racist cell in my body. So it wasn't, it wasn't for me, but God gave me a revelation. I grabbed a handful of sand, and God said, look at that. Look at the sand. Now watch this. There's all around the world, there's white beaches, there's black beaches, there's brown beaches, there's all, co- all colored beaches all over the world, okay? But anywhere you go, if you grab a handful of sand and you look at it, he said, look at, the, look at those sands, sand grains, rocks, whatever they're called. And I, I started looking, I saw a red one, I saw a brown one, I saw the white one, 
I saw a black one. I said, that's my people. That's my people. I made that. Do you remember when God said a promise to Abraham? He said, as the sand is on the seashore, so shall my people be. I remember that verse. And, and he just spoke to me. It was one of those awesome moments because it doesn't happen a lot. But it was so clear. He said, that's, that's my people. And now I don't remember what color. I think that was like a really dark beach, like black beach. And I remember, oh, I'm going to see what this is. So I went to another one in Costa Rica on the other side. And it was a very white beach. And even though it's white from a distance, when you grab it, it still has all the different colors in it. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life. Isn't that awesome? That's God's creation. We're God's creation. So I just want to say a prayer. I'm going to be a little different this morning. I just want to pray for us. And I want us to walk out of here with a different heart or a better heart or a strengthened heart. Maybe you're here and you are, you're right on board with me. That's, that's you. And you're just, this is like, yes, let's keep doing this. Or maybe you're like the opposite spectrum and you really realize, man, I've got some issues. I've got, I realize that I have that, but Holy Spirit's helped you. And by your own choice, because of course that's yours, hopefully you would say, God, I don't want that. I, I'm, like I said, the Holy, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. You might be even shocked. You might be sitting there listening and be like, wow, I didn't realize that I had that. And again, partiality, any of that stuff, let's just, let's just pray that God would just break those chains off of our lives and off of our families and off of our, our city and off of our nation and off of our world. We know this world's not, it's never going to get, it's never going to get on the same page till Jesus comes back. We know that. But we're called to be salt in the earth. We're called to be light in the earth. Church, we can make a difference. Let's not sit back and watch the news. I can't, I can't get on TV and go influence someone on the news or I can't talk to a stadium full of people, but I can influence the people around me. I can make a difference in my workplace and at school and at the supermarket and I can cut that stuff off and I can be reminded, man, God took that really seriously when Aaron and, Mo and Miriam were talking bad about Moses because he was married to an Ethiopian. And let's just break that. And let's just pray this morning, now that we're in this new building, that God would just bring us people, that he would just bring us people that we could show the love of Christ to and they would be like, man, I had that wrong in my head about that culture, about that person, or about whatever. Amen? So let's just lift our hands, and I want to pray for you this morning. Father, I just want to say a prayer just a little different than we normally do this morning. God, just, just looking at our hearts, I really feel your anointing this morning. I feel your presence here, Father. I know that you're doing something in our hearts. And I know that, Lord, the genuineness of a godly heart that you live in, because, Lord, we have to be honest. We have to be real. There are, there are people that don't really have Christ in their heart, Father, and that, that comes out in our works. That comes out in our fruit. But, God, if that's us today, if I've got any kind of partiality or racism in my heart, if I've got any kind of hatred for somebody because of the way they look or the way they act, anything God just break that in me this morning it doesn't mean that sin's not sin it doesn't mean that I have to agree with the things they do I have to love the person hate the sin God but the person is your creation you love them and we are all your children if we believe in you the Bible says if we believe in you and confess your name we are the children of God and 
Father, we have to, to continue to be the church you've called us to be. As Lord, in this place, we have many, many cultures represented. We have many couples married interracially, myself included, Father. Lord, we, we are a people that love you. And it doesn't matter, Lord God, as we saw with Moses, if it's an Ethiopian or a Costa Rican or a Kenyan or a Chinese person or a Russian, Father God, you love everybody the same. And you love those who call on your name and love your righteousness, your word says, Father. And I just want to break the chains right now of racism in this place, Father, because we cannot be a healing outside, Father, until we are healed in here, Lord. And I just bind and rebuke and speak against every spirit of division, every spirit of racism, every spirit of strife, every spirit of partiality this morning, God. And Lord, that we would be called your children and that, Lord, we would be able to love like you. Now, I want to pray for you right now that might be here and you've been hurt by somebody, something in a race, a color, a situation, and you, in the wrong way, have made everybody that way because somebody hurt you. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. That's that's just that person. Don't don't put ever don't lump everybody in with one person who's hurt you of whatever color, of whatever race, of whatever bath, ethnic background. They're they're people. People are responsible for their actions this morning. And forgive them right now. Forgive that person. Don't hold the whole race accountable. Don't hold the whole race responsible. Don't hold the whole culture responsible or a whole family responsible for something somebody's done to you. Let it go. Let it go. Give it to God. And let him heal you this morning. Satan, you're defeated. The blood of Jesus is against you. We are God's children, and we are not going to allow you to allow that spirit of darkness to come in. We are not going to show partiality. Right is right, and wrong is wrong. Right is right, and wrong is wrong, Father. And today, we, as we stand at this altar, we let these things go. We loose them and drop them at your feet. And we ask you to heal us. Ask you to heal our nation. And now, not only heal us, but now cause us to love and embrace and and cherish the different things that each culture or background brings into the church and into life itself. Thank you, Father, for what you've done just now. It's not by our might and it's not by our power. It's by your spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. In Jesus' name, amen. There's two types of people. Amen, two types of people. How many believe God just did something? Amen. There's two types of people, saved and unsaved. That's it, believers and unbelievers, that's it. The rest one side or the other. Only, only one side of the fence. You're on one or the other. And, and I believe that God, you, might, you know, you're, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell anybody, but I believe God did something in some people.